0: Here we go. Today's daf is Daf Kuf Yud, page one ten in the Haligim Mesaches As we enter the last, what uh, if you have ten pages? I don't know what that's called. Uh, not a uh, a decade is ten years, but the last ten blot of our holy Mesaches Babakama. and we pick up on the bottom of Kuf Tesamit Bay is one hundred nine B. We're at the two dots, five lines from the bottom. We are up to Tonu Rabbonon. All right? We're up to Tonu Rabbonon. Here we go. And uh, today's Daf is Daf Kofyud. And it's the second to last Daf of the ninth paragraph. Tomorrow, we're going to begin the tenth and final chapter of Mesaches Babakami. Here we go. Five lines to the bottom of kuf Tezom and Bez. Tonu Rabon on the rabbis loint, and so should we. Incredible. What are we learning? What have we been learning till now? So we've been learning till now is if somebody who's uh, let's say a Kayan has uh, steals a field, or um, you have a Kayan who purchases a field from Hektish usually what happened was if somebody makes their field of inheritance holy and Hectish sells that field of inheritance, at Yovel, it's going to go back to Hectish. So we discussed what happens if a Kohain was the one who bought it from Hectish. See, at Yovel it goes back to Hectish. It belongs to the Kahanim. Could he say, well, i it's already my possession. I'm already the Kayan Who owns this? I'm going to hold on to it. So that was the case we discussed yesterday. Now listen to this case. Over here, What if you have a Kohen who's obligated to offer a carbon? He's obligated to bring a sacrifice. Now there are some carbonas where the Kohen gets a portion from that sacrifice. So if I'm a kohen who brings a sacrifice, can I also take the portion of the kohen? And hold on to the part the kohen eats. After all, I'm a child of Aaron too. He's certainly allowed to. Okay, if a kohen brings his own carbon, he can... can, uh, Go and bring that carbon whenever he wants, and get parts of that carbon. Okay, now let's a- a- add this layer to what's going on. The family of Kohanim were divided into twenty-four mishmaros, twenty-four groups. Each mishmar got at least two weeks in the Beis Hamikdash, and when the Yisrael would bring a carbon, whoever's whichever family was working the of Hamikdash at that time. Was going to receive the um, the gifts of the sacrifices. What happens if I'm a Kohen? And I, you know, my family weeks fell out in the month of Nisan. I need to bring a carbon in the month of Tammuz. Can I personally bring the carbon since I'm a Kohen who's a letter work in the base of or do I need to give it over to the other Kohanim whose week it is? So the pusuk says. If I'm a Kohen, I could go back into my house in the Beis HaMikdash, so to speak, and bring my own karb, and get the, and get the parts of it. Okay? You could do that. Even, and Meaning the other kaihanim, whose weak it is, they'll bring the karbonas for the Yisraelim. But if I'm a kohen, even if it's not weak, I, I, I'm allowed to bring my own karb. Who, who uh, said uh, that? Huh? Who says that? The pasuk. <laughs> the kohen can come whenever he wants and do the avaydah. He could do the yeah. service in the base on Mikdash. Okay? How do you know that the meat, I'm sorry, That yeah, that the meat and the skins also he could keep like a regular carbon. as if it's his week. He doesn't have to give it to the members of this current week's watch. <speaking in Hebrew> a man's holiness belongs to him. Okay, <speaking in Hebrew> what does this mean? <speaking in Hebrew> if he's a kayin who's a balmum, now, a kayin who's a balmum is not capable, if he's got a blemish, he's not allowed to do the avaidah on his own. Now, you're allowed to eat from sacrifices, but you're not allowed to perform the avaidah on the base of Mikdash. So, what happens if the kayin who brought it was a balmum? He's got to give it to the kahanim of that watch. Why? Because he wasn't fit to, to make the offering. He's like he is stroll as far as bringing the offering is concerned, and therefore he's got to give it to the members of that watch. But as far as the meat and the skins that he's permitted to hold on to, okay, why? Because usually the yisrael will get it too, except your yisrael. So it goes to the Koit. So it's not a matter of whether or not you're fit. I'm sorry, not, what did I say? Usually yisrael will get it too. No, usually a koyim Mum would get this anyway. So now that you're a koyim mum, you could hold on to the uh, the meat and the skins. Top of today's daf let's say the kayun didn't have a blemish, let's say he was just older, he was elderly, and it was harder for him to do the avayda. Now, if, it, if he's elderly, he's fit to do the service, he just, you know, maybe his hands are a little shaky, or his knees are a little knocky, and it just makes it more difficult, somebody doesn't have a mum, so he's really fit to do the avayda, it's just hard for him, Nice then he could, you know, it's up to him to decide, which kayan brings it now? The mefarshim here explain even if a kayan's not part of the family of that week, since you are fit to do the avaid and you could do it yourself, you could even choose your favorite kayan to do it for you, even if it's not that kayan's turn. However, but the meat and the skins are given to whoever, whichever is in the Mishmar, in the watch of that week. Whoever's turn it is, look at the meat and the skins. But the Havadah, the service, the actual offering, can be brought by any kind you want. What's the case of a Kayin who is a Zakin who's elderly or sick? What, what are we referring to? If he's capable of doing that Havadah, so then I don't understand. Why does the meat and skins need to go to the weekly Mishmar, Kayin? You could even keep it yourself. You're fit to do the Abayda. And if he's not fit to do the so then how does he choose his own kayin to do it? you got to stick with the kayin of that week, just like anybody else. So, what's the case of Zaki Nechayla? Summer so of explains the way that we said it when we learned it originally, which was that this Zaki Nechayla, this elderly kayin, is really capable of doing it, but it's just hard for him the kain could do it, this old elderly or sick Kayin really could do it by himself, it would be, it would be hard. So Avaida, as far as doing the Avaida, really he's allowed to do it himself. Since he could do it by himself, he can even appoint any Kayin he wants to do the offering for him. However, when it comes to Achila, when it comes to eating, here's the problem. You can't appoint any Kayin you want to do the eating. You know Why? Because a a zazak in chayla and is having a difficult time eating, there's a fascinating halacha. Listen to this: if you eat something when you don't have an appetite for it and it's difficult, that's actually not even called an eating. It's not called an eating. Vachila gasa and achila's gasa eating something when you already have uh, when you're already full is not is not called eating. Mishomochi, we also have lan Therefore, the Avodadirah have to go to Anjimishmar Mishmar because he has no rights to it and he can't perform, he can't uh, appoint a specific Kayan to take care of that. But there's a very important rule to know. If you're going to take a nugget off of today's daf, here's one that you could already pull off. And that is an important rule and that is that Achilas Gasa Lav Klumhi, overeating is not eating. Overeating, there's a lot of halachic ramifications to this. For example, for example, especially in the winter when it comes to Shalashudas, when people are very full from their lunch meal, it's important not to overeat at the lunch suda in the winter when Shalashudas is coming up because there's a mitzvah to eat three meals. And when you get to Shalashudas and you're, and you're still full from the lunch meal, even if you eat at Shalashudas, you don't get a mitzvah. You're not going to at least you won't get your mitzvah to the fullest because it could be achilas gasa, and achilas gasa lav klomiy. Overeating is not even called eating. It's like not even like you ate a third meal. When you start eating when you're full, it's partially not called eating. I'll tell you another halacha ramification of this. Another halacha ramification is and this it shouldn't happen to anybody. And there's a lot of background on this, and I'm not going to get into the circumstances. But there's times where if God forbid somebody is forced to eat. Treif Let's say somebody's forced to eat treif with their life And this has happened uh, Obviously this has happened uh, In our history with all the anti-Semitism But I'll tell you the halacha that has happened If you eat kosher food To the point where you're full Your belly is full And then you eat the treif of food As achilas gasa It's much less of a transgression If not a transgression at all Because it's not called eating it's called overeating, and that's not called eating. And there are a lot of big g'daylim that were forced to eat treif, and that you're not allowed to give up your life to not eat treif. It's not one of the three, three averas that you give your life up for. And they were forced to eat treif, or they're going to give up their life, and what they requested to do first is to eat first, eat something else first, and they would fill themselves up on bread or whatever it is, and then eat the, uh, and then eat the treif, because achilas gaso lav klomi overeating is is uh, is not called eating An incredible incredible nugget to take with us okay let's keep going Rav Shisha says if my kain carbon a kain who now a kain who's tummy is a to bring a communal offering if most of the kahanim are tummy as well nice look homish so a kain if most of the kahanim would would be tummy you're a to bring a communal offering so even though you're tummy that means you're still in the the ballpark you're still in the league of bringing sacrifices. And therefore, you could appoint any kayan you want. However, Rabbi, the meat and the skins are going to go to the watch of that week. What are we? What, what case are we talking about? If there's arkahanim available, who are tahar, mi meh, a Tame, kayan, cannot do that, if there's tahar, kahanim available, right? And if there's no nobody available, so then, I don't understand something. You have a kayan who's tameh, Every kayan is tame. Why do we say that the meat and the skins are going only to the kahanim of that week? What's it going to help? Why are you giving them stuff? They can't eat the meat either. We say the meat and the skins belong to any tahirim, any blemish kayan who are in that mishmar. They are permitted to eat because since they're blemished, the is they're not allowed to do the avaida in the first place. The only thing they are fit for is for consumption, for um, for eating of of the meats and for receiving uh, the skins that a, a baumum mum certainly could do. Right, a blemish kain just doesn't do the avaida in the base mikdash for various reasons. It could be a distraction to the one bringing, it, but as far as partaking from the gifts of the karbanas, they certainly could. And therefore, like this, the Umar is explaining. Um, and ending off with, really, this is halachalamaisa. What the Gemara wants to teach us is that if you have a kayan who's Tameh, he could do the avodah if he wants, and therefore he can also appoint another kayan as his messenger to do the offering, to do the avodah. But since he himself cannot eat from it, he can't give the rights to that Kohen. You can't do it yourself, you can't appoint the messenger to do it. So, he can't appoint another kayin to do that. Rather, what do we do? We give it to the Bali Mumim, the Blemish Kahanim, of whichever family is currently working in the Besan Meknesh. Omar Ravashi says, Let's see a case of a kayin Gadol who is an Ainin. He never lost one of his immediate relatives and he hasn't yet uh, taken care of the burial. So, he's not let involve himself in any mitzvah and he's not allowed to eat kudshim. So what's the halacha? The kain gadol give it over to any other kain to uh, do the avaydah that, that uh, he wants. But the meat and the skins go to the weekly chavra. Uh, Michael ma'ashlam, what's the novel idea? What's the chiddish? Tanina, we learned this, we, we know this halacha already, we learned it in a, in, a, in a mishnah. Kain gadol makar kain gadol is, if a kain gadol does the avaydah as an aynin, ve'enay eichel, and he doesn't eat, ve'enichel lachal arev, and he doesn't, uh, even afterwards, even after the burial, he doesn't eat from the kudshin. Okay? So you see the Bryson states explicitly, the kudshin gadol, who's an ayin, he could do the avaida, but he can't eat from the meat. Well, if you could do the avaida, that means you could appoint the kain to do it too, because you could do it. Anything I could do, I could appoint. So the kudshin gadol could do the offering, he could appoint the offering. He's not allowed to eat from it, he so can't eat from it. So this is, it's not, it's not a It's not a novel idea, I already know this. And the gemara, no. I need to mention it here too. So, I would have thought to say, Ki why is the Tyra have rahmanis to the Kaengado, Lakruvehu, that's as far as off doing the Hakrava, doing the offering himself. There we're gonna be lenient with him. But we're gonna say it like this. gadol, you're an You shouldn't really be doing the Avaidah if you do the Avaidah we're gonna be nice to you. You're the Kaying gadol. we'll give you we'll give you a, we'll give you a, a uh, free pass. But to appoint a messenger on your behalf? No, 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 that far we're not going to go. You would be not somebody else. I would say you can't appoint Kamashthalon, comes along the novel idea, such even in such a case by Kain Gadol who's an onion, he may appoint Ashliach to do the hakrabah, to take care of the offering. Again, not eating the meat and the hides, that's going to go to the Anshay Mishmar. Let's go to the men of that group, but he could appoint somebody else for the offering. Period. End of that Gemara. End of that topic. And now we're up to the Mishnah, and the rest of today's daf is going to shift to a um, to shift to an entire new topic, and it has to do with the sin of robbery when somebody steals from from uh, somebody else and things go havoc. And what way do they go havoc? So, so we're, we, part of this mission was quoted previously. We're going to be familiar yeah. with this. But let's say so a Cuyen steals and then he dies and there's inheritors and this, and it goes to Hectish. And now really the family has rights to inherit. Do they give all, all situations like that? So that's going, but the, the primary focus is going to be on one who, uh, one who commits theft from somebody else and it gets in the way and, and something's going to happen abnormal we have an abnormal situation where there, there's a, a wrench thrown in about the inability to uh, pay restitution so let's get into this Haggai we're familiar with this story Reuven stole from a convert and the convert goes to him and he's like hey Reuven you stole a hundred bucks give it back and Reuven says, no, I didn't. And he swears falsely. And then the convert dies. Now, what's unique about a convert? Let's remember, no halachic relatives. The halacha is the ganav, the, the gazlan, has to pay the principal plus a fifth and bring a sacrifice. And who are you paying, you're going to pay the kahanim. And the carbon osham is brought, offered in the Mizbech. It says, If a man doesn't have any relatives, to make payment to, what do you do? So the carbon osham is given to Hashem for the Kayin, and that's besides for the, uh, the remainder of his atonement. Okay? So again, what's halachan aboard of the Mishnah? You steal from a convert and you swear falsely, the convert dies, you make the same payment, but it goes to the kahana. Fine. Halacha number two. Uh, case number two. So this robber steals from the convert, and the convert, uh, he steals from the convert, and the convert dies. So now he's got to bring everything to Yerushalayim. What if this gazlan, this robber is on his way up to Yerushalayim? Umays. And the Gazlan dies. Now the robber dies on his way to jerusalem Hakesef, the principal amount that he was bringing to the Kahanim, Inosin Levonov. That goes to his estate. It goes to his estate. Why? So Rashi explains because, incredible, when you steal, this guy stole, Ruvain stole, follow closely. This is this is not complicated, but there's a layer over here. A couple layers to um, to open up, a couple layers of the onion here. When he stole from the from the ger, who does he have to pay back? The ger. Right. The ger dies. What did the mission say? Give it to Kahanim. Why? Did the Kahanim inherit the Ger? No. They don't inherit it. <laughs> Khan doesn't inherit the Ger, but it's kind of like a Knast, like a fine that we put in, we're like, dude, listen, you stole from this convert, you swore falsely, you have to make a payment, and we're going to send that money to the holiest place possible because you need an atonement. Okay? That's where this bring it to the Kahanam comes from. If this guy dies, does his children need the atonement? No. The children, we look at them and we say, hey, you didn't steal. So, whose money would it be? The converts. Is there a convert here? No. What happens to the possession of the convert? It's Hefker. So the children get it. It stays. Their father was on the way to Yushalayim, but he didn't give it to the Kahanim yet. All right, they keep the money now. Because the whole payment to the Kahanim is an atonement payment. The children don't need the atonement, so they're going to hold on to it. And the carbon, we have a problem with. Because any time an animal set aside as a sacrifice, specifically by a karban asham, and and for some reason it can't be brought, like over here, the owner died. There's no guilt offering to bring. If anybody else, the luck is you just let the animal graze until it develops a blemish, and then they redeem it out. They transfer the kedusha off. The people of yibul d'umvel and then they sell it, and the money gets put into the, um, you know, into the uh, the treasury. Of the Beis HaMikdash. What happens if the robber didn't die on his way to Yerushalayim? He went to Yerushalayim, he gave the money to the Kahanim, he gave the money to Kahanim, and then he drops dead. So you say the Kahanim got their money. What's the problem? The issue over here is as follows He didn't bring his sacrifice yet, so he didn't really get his atonement. And he drops dead. So now do we say, since the father never got his atonement, the Kahanim need to give the money back to the inheritors? Because the whole purpose why he gave it to Kahanim is to get an atonement. You're not ending up with an atonement. So you go to his estate now. No, says the Mishnah, the children cannot take away from the Kahanim because whatever a man gives to a Kayim, layah. That is what is his, which means, once you okay. put something into the domain of a Kayin, that's where the money stays. Incredible. All right, says the Mishnah Says the Mishnah further. What happens if you gave them the money to one family of kahanim, and you gave the carbon asham to another family of kahanim to bring as, as a, their sacrifice? Okay. Now. So basically, first you brought the money, and then we'll call it a week or two later, you brought your animal. So, like Is that how it works? No, no, usually people did everything at once, but let's say he did he split it up. He right, he showed up to your Jalayim on on a Thursday, and the Mishmayras were being changed out on Friday. He gave them the money and he didn't have a chance yet to bring the korban Asham, so the animal wasn't ready, it was uh, you know, it was being prepared. And then say so he gives the and uh, by Monday he brought the animal, but it was a different group. Wait, let me ask you what did the always... <laughs> <im> osham, if the asham is still here, b'nei So then let the family of Yudya bring it. The But if uh, the animal wasn't makar, Yavi Byavi akher, then the, the guy has to go and bring another karban asham. Why is this so? Shahamevi Ghazelai, <laughs> Alchilay Hevi Yatzah. If somebody paid money in restitution to the Kahanim, but he didn't yet bring his carbon, Asham, it is considered like you paid back your theft. Now you don't have your full atonement, but you did make payment back. The same when you give the money back to the original owner, you made payment, so you made payment. But it first means the first brings the carbon asham. And this is what Reb was touching on before. Dave, this is what you were saying, right? That if a person brings the before the money, he hasn't fulfilled his obligation of a heishev exela, of returning the, the, that which I stole because you haven't made the payment. What type of mishigas is this, bringing the karban before you made restitution? You're still holding on to the to, to what you stole. Whoever heard of getting a, a bring an offering first? And therefore... Uh, and also if if the gazlan pays the principal amount but didn't pay the additional fifth it's considered payment of that which you stole but you stole, but uh, the fifth doesn't get in the way of that you still owe the fifth but it is considered as if you made payment the rabbis learned and that's why they are rabbi says the gemara we're going to go through the verse in the Torah okay Asham is referring to the principal amount. That was your guilt. hamushav this that you return, It's referring to the additional fifth. You gotta pay the principal amount plus the fifth of the kahani. Maybe Asham is referring to the animal. know it's referring to the amount that you stole. Who cares? I'll tell you why it matters coming to exclude Rabba's Allah. What if I, you have a, a robber who stole, and he gave it back? Uh, he gave it back at night. The Allah is la yatsa he has not fulfilled his responsibility. Okay. Um, now, what are we talking about? So here we're talking about somebody who came to the Beis hamikdash to make restitution to the kahanim. The kahanim didn't do the avaida at night. So what if he gave it, What if he brought the money, gave it to the Beis hamikdash at night, and the kahanim? Uh, it's not during their avaida anymore, so it's not considered like you paid back. Even if the gahanim take it now, assuming the money is not around, if the money is still around in the morning, you're in good shape. What if you gave the money at night when they weren't doing the avaida on the base on Migdash? So it's not like you're yaitze, you have not fulfilled your obligation. Also, if you give it back in chatzoy, And if you give it back in parts, he has not fulfilled his responsibility. What does that mean? If I pay fifty dollars today, I owe hundred bucks. I pay fifty dollars today. And the kahanim use it overnight, and I pay fifty dollars tomorrow. At no point did he have a hundred dollars given uh, out together to the kahanim. It doesn't count. The It says you got to make an osham payment. Bottom line here, you didn't do this. So Oshem cannot be referring to the animal. It's referring to the principal amount. And this is taka a raya. Okay, this taka proof. And again, what were we trying to prove? What we're trying to show is that when the pasuk says osham, you re- that you return. The um, when you return the guilt, it's referring to the principal amount. We had to ask the question: I maybe it's the animal. It says the word, not possible. It needs to mean the principal amount because um, otherwise uh, it would to be the principal amount because this is the word. Asham is how I know that all payment has to be with the kahanim at one time during the day, and since referring to payment. We see we're dealing with monetary uh, with monetary asham and not the uh, animal carbon asham. Tani idach we learned the similarly asham zekaren. The word asham means the principal amount that was stolen goes to the kind. Hamusha that which is returned to chaim is additional fifth. maybe asham is referring to the additional fifth. or L'maynaf kamina the fuki would the difference would be to exclude Allah of our mishnah. The tna we learned in the mishnah nosan la yisakaren le nosan Let's say the the gazlan. The robber returned the principal amount, and then, but again, he had sworn falsely. He's got to add on a fifth. Let's see, he doesn't make that fifth. It's considered like you returned it. You got an atonement for your kapara, but you just don't have an atonement. For, for, you have an atonement for the stealing. You just don't have an atonement for the false oath. Our ba, uh, says the Gemara, if you are going to say that Ashram's referring to the chaymish, the additional fifth, so then the additional fifth would be Ma'akiv. Have Again, we have a proof from the Tani Idah, There's other brisa that Osham is referring to the principal amount which was stolen. Tani Idah, we learned the Rebbeisa similarly. Asham Okay, what we said before. Asham means you return the principal the guilt is the principal amount that you stole. The word Mushov is referring to the additional fifth that you pay for the false oath. This is referring to one who steals from a Ger. <laughs> says, how do you know, Moshev means the additional fifth? You stole from a ger. Okay, now, if you're busted, you're going to have to pay him back double. So maybe a Moshev that needs to be returned It's not referring to additional fifth on a false oath. Maybe a Moshev means that you're going to have to pay double because you stole. <laughs> Since says you return the Asham, the asha, raishai at, at the head. U, b'cham, b'cham, and the fifth so that is the fifth, the Asham? No, again, because we said, you return the Asham, plus a fifth. So, Asham isn't the fifth. You see, Asham is referring to the, principal amount, the amount, that you stole. Gufa, a piece of a previously quoted statement, Rava. Rava, says, if somebody stole from a convert, the convert dies, and then you got to pay back, the Koyhanim, and you go and you bring the money to them, at uh, at night. La you have not fulfilled your obligation of returning the stolen object. Hexiru, and La also if you give it back in parts, you haven't fulfilled your Khia of Maitima, Asham Karya rachmana. Okay, we learned that before. That's why we said Gufa, piece of repute quote a statement. Okay, we, we just came across this. Now, via Vyamar Rabba also taught us. What happens if you stole from a Kayan? I'm sorry, you stole from a Ger, Now you're going to have to return the principal amount to the group of kahanim. What happens if you were to bring that money back and the kahanim were going to divide it? Each one would end up with a half a cent, half a penny. They're not going to end up with any sort of financial value. Also, la he has not fulfilled his responsibility. You need to give it. To, there has to be enough there to give a pruta to each kayan of that mishmar. Teach of that watch, my a It has to be the guilt which is returned. Every Kayan has to be part of the returning. a question, searching for information. by What happens? See, here's the deal. See, here's where it gets tricky. If this is true, listen closely. this is gishmak. It is beauty. If this is true that when you return the lost object, you return the stolen object, you stolen money. There has to be enough there for each khanim to get the right amount. It's not here, I got a problem. I'll tell you why. Every single one of our families are different sizes. The same thing holds true with the families of Kahanim. So you can have a family of Kahanim working one week and there's 75 Kahanim in the base of HaMikdash. You come back two weeks later and there's 900 Kahanim. Different family. Now, if a robber has to always return an amount that each kayan of that Mishwar gets, what does that mean? If you return it one week and have to pay ten times the amount? You have to pay more to make sure that more kahanam get paid? Whoever heard of such a thing? No, yeah. Wait, no, No. yeah what? He, he should. That's, That's not cool. what he stole. But, but, but. Uh- not less than a pruta, like meaningless? Like yeah, correct. 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 So this is going to be, this is, you're right. So this disagreement this between me and you is Rav's question. So it's a beautiful question. So boy, Rav, Rav has a question. Searching for information. He says, let me, he says, I'll understand something. In B'lamechiris Yohairiv, what if, if you give it to Yohairiv, who let's say had 900 people? So if you return it, you stole whatever. A hundred dollars, let's say you're not gonna have enough for each member of the Mishmar to get a Shavarputa. However, the Yezbay, top of tomorrow's top of Ahmad I'm sorry, the Mishmar is But if Yedaya would have been working in the Base of English, there was enough. And you return it to that family. Mahu, what is the alacha? says in one second. Let, let's, let's understand the shaila. Hey, chidami, what's the case that you're asking about? If you're giving it to Yediyah in the week of Yediyah and we're saying there are smaller families, there's enough for everybody to get something. So everybody got their Pruta. What's your question? What's your question? Yeah, if there's enough, there's enough. What happened was like this. It's the Mishmar of Yoharif that had more people. But the robber gave it to the Yediyah family. A different family of Gahanam. So my, what's the Allah? Do we say since Yediyah is not working in the base makers that week? It's not like you returned anything. I don't more perhaps. Since he can't give it to Yahweh anyway, because there are too many people. What am I going to do? I stole a hundred bucks. I, I I can't give it to them. I can't even do it. I can't, I can't give it to them. So I don't have an option. Me I should just give it to you, dear. Says the Gemara. Teiku. We are unsure. The question stands. The question stands. Is it called a valid returning of that which you stole? We have to wait for Anovi. Anavi. Be'er Hashem will come tonight to... Answer that question. All right. But minute. in the meantime, we yeah. got to keep, we got to keep steiging. We got to keep learning. Ter- yeah, go ahead. Go, go ahead. Quickly. Yeah. So he gave to, to Jedi. That family, the, Jedi. The, the other family was starting the week later. Right. You know, he gave it to one family. They were going to be starting a week later. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Now, the with the family the week later... Was small enough to get a pruta for each member. So the first family, listen to what's going to happen. If I give it to the family now, that's working now, they can't even divide it. Right. So what's going to happen with the money? If they can't divide it, what's going to happen? They're just going to wait to give it to the next family anyway. Right. So now it should already be considered returned. Because anyway, the money's going to go to them. It's just a week early. So that's the shy. Do I already have an atonement now? It says Take Alright, boy, Rob, another question. Rob had squad searching for information. Are Kahanim allowed to um divide? They allowed to divide. Let's say you had two stories where somebody stole from a convert. Okay. Um, And the math doesn't add up. The math doesn't add up for one theft, but it would add up for another theft for that family to get. Can Kahanam family make deals with each other and say, hey, you know, there's a theft coming up. Uh, The return doesn't work for our family, but there's another one that's going to be returned. You know, it's on on the waiting list uh, to go on. You take this and we'll take that and everything will work out. Yeah, can the Kahana make a workout and and divide the uh, the gezel so that it works out for both families? Now, what's the shalomir? mean? I mean, in Kirech, do? We say the terrorist says Asham, you return the principal amount Ma Ashem, just like by a guilt offering. In chokin Ashem, Kirech, Asham. you can't divide karbonas sacrifices af gezel. So too by the stolen property itself, in chokin gezel ager, Kirech, gezel you can start dividing different uh, thefts to make it work out for you. I or perhaps. Maybe this is a monetary arrangement, and a monetary arrangement, whatever everybody agrees to, is good. Let the kahanim work out amongst themselves what, uh, what makes sense, and if they want to exchange, uh, uh, you know, uh, abilities to collect the payment, let them do so. Everybody has, uh, you know, that, that's how the economy works. Hadar and Rava answered his own question, and he says, "Asham no, it's an ashram, which means it's like a sacrifice. The Kahanim can't start making what's called backroom deals. Is that what it's called? Backroom, backroom deals. Ravacha Braid Rabbah Bassi Lava Had Your R Bakhbid Rabbah, the son of Rabbah learned this explicitly. And he says, Ama Rabba, Kahanam Enchokan Gazlager Khag Ghazla Gar, Kahanim cannot do that in my time. Why? Ashram Kariakman, we call it an ashram. It's like the ashram sacrifice. They gotta deal with what's in front of them. They can't start making these arrangements. By Rava asked another question, searching for information. We're now at the two dots, about uh, 12, 13 lines from the top of Amur Beis. The Kahanim who are getting that which is stolen from the convert are considered to be inheritors. That's one approach. Okay, The same way if you steal from somebody and then the guy dies, you got to give it to their inheritors you got to return the stolen property to the inheritors when this convert dies you got to return the money to the kahanam they're like inheritors or is this considered like matnas kahuna that the same way when people do the avoid and the beis amikdus, there are certain things that go that go to the kahanam so too here as well this is like a, this is like a a, a gift for the kahanam but it's not considered an inheritance ask the gemara who cares What's the difference? What's the practical difference of how it's coming, uh, how it comes into their domain, whether it's coming as far as inheritance or for a, uh, for a matana, a matanas kahuna, l'mayn laf keminah. For example, she gazal hacham, it's the Pesach. Incredible. Let's say like somebody stole... Chum, from a convert, and how it went over Pesach. If so then the the robber could just give it back to them the same way you can give it back to the original owner and say, This is in front of you. You can walk over to the Gahanim and say, Hey, buddy, hey, Rabbi Cohen, uh, here's uh, what you inherited from the convert. But if you're gonna say that they're it's a gift. You can't give a gift that has no value. The Torah says you gotta give a gift. You don't give a gift of air. You don't give a gift of air. The dirt. Nothing. Gunish. Alright? So that's the Gomara's Shaila. Interesting shaila. So Ravzi Revzira this question a little bit differently, and he says, Afilu in Tim you should know. Even if Kahanim are considered to be You know, receiving a matana, receiving a gift, which means you're going to have to give back value. Even if it went over Pesach, we're not going to have a question that you could give it back. Why? The terrorist says, listen, you give what you stole to a Kayan. Well, even if there's no value, says Rav Zira, maybe you do just give the item to them. Don't assume that you can't give a gift that has no value. If there's something here and the Torah says you steal from a convert, instead of giving it, and he dies, instead of giving it to the convert, you give it to the coin. So then just give that to the coin, even if it has no value. What's bothering you? So where's, he says, I don't really have a Shiloh over there. Rather, where's there a Shiloh? According to We're somebody stole 10 animals from a convert. And now you're going to bring those animals to the kohen. Incredible! Is there an obligation to separate meiser or not? Okay. Now we know you have to take meiser from uh, from the newborn animals. Um, The priest has to take meiser. What? The priest He was given the ten. this animals, and now he has to make No. 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 What happened was. You have, let, let's say, you have a, a robber who stole from a convert, and these animals—you have ten animals—they weren't tithed, okay? They weren't tithed. they weren't tithed. The convert dies, and now you're going to give it to a kayan. So, the shaila is: Is there a chiyuv to tithe these animals? Is there a chiyuv to tithe the animals? Okay. Now, what's the question? Yarshim ha'yuiv they got inheritors via Mar the Tanah Kano us: is Whoever inherits in a state. That had an obligation, um, they uh, they uh, they're obligated to tithe in place of the original owner. Or do you say this is a priestly gift? somebody who buys animals that need to be misered, or you're gifted animals that need to be misered, They're My what's Okay, what does the Kayan do? Is the kayun himself Obligated to set this aside because he's playing the, taking the place of the convert or not? Says the Gemara Toshma, Come and listen. There's twenty four categories of priestly gifts that are given to kahanim. And all of them are given over in a klal pradu klal and a bris melech, which means they're all learned out from this type of drasha. Call Hakaimon anybody who gives these twenty four gifts. To the kainim kilu makayim klal uprat uklal ubris melach. It's as if you're keeping all of the rules of klal uprat as well as the bris melach, which is referring to the entire Torah. It's called the Covenant of the Salt. Entire Torah, incredible. Kol oever a person who does not keep the twenty four matnas kahuna doesn't give it to the and We're about to list what they are. Kilu oever o klal uprat uklal ubris melach. Alright, so now pause for a second. We're about to list the 24 priestly gifts that the Koin receives. Now, what was our, what's our shiloh? We want to know what's the status of the kohen receiving the payment from when the convert dies. Is it considered a priestly gift or inheritance? Now, if it's a priestly gift, it should be on this list. Okay? Because we're about to give a list of twenty-four gifts. So let's keep an eye out for whether or not this is one of the twenty-four categories. So here we go. Belohin. These are 24 categories of, of, of uh, gifts to the Kaya. Out of the 24, 10 of them the Kahanim received in the Basamikdash, Baarba Bushlayim four they received within the walls of Yerushalayim, which means they weren't limited to the Beis HaMikdash, the Eser Begvulin, so that's 10 in the Beis HaMikdash, four in Yerushalayim, that's 14, and then the last 10 were Begvulin, uh, given even outside of Yerushalayim, and that's going to be a total of 24. Now here's the list. Eser Begvulin, the 10 gifts in the Beis HaMikdash, Chatas Behema, the meat of a karbakhatas the meat of a bird Chatas, Osham a person who's obligated a certain Osham V'asham Tali, or a questionable, you're not sure whether to bring carbon Osham, so you bring it, it's called an Osham Tali. Excuse me, The zivchei Tzibor, the Zvachim, of the Shlamim offering, the peace offering, the Lug Shem and the Lug of oil from the carbon of Metzaira, Umayzer Haimer. And whatever's left over after the carbon eimer, the fistful of the carbon eimer was picked up, also goes to the kai nishtei the two breads, v'lechem apanim, the twelve show breads, ushori menachas, whatever left over from the carbon mincha. Uh, that's all the ten of the beis hamikdash. Yerushalayim, four gifts are given to kahana in Yerushalayim. Habachira, firstborn animals. Bikurim, first fruits of the of seven species. Vahamirah Minataira vaayol nazir men That which separated from the carbon tayda and the ram of the nazir, that's all one category. Vaeiras krosim the of kadoshim. I'm sorry, and the skins of the, of Kodshim, the, the hides of that which comes from kadoshim. Those are the four that the Kayan deals with in Yerushalayim. It doesn't need to be inside the beis hamikdash. Vasara and here's the 10 gifts given outside the base of Megdosh. Some of them we're going to be familiar with, some of them we won't. Here we go. Truma. Truma is given outside the base of mikdash. Wherever a Kayan is, ever anywhere in the world, you'll give him Truma. Truma's Meiser. And uh, Truma's Meiser as well. This is what the Levi separates after he receives his Meiser. He gives a tenth to the Kayan. The Chala. The gift of Chala. I guess, First shearings. Of the sheep, b'hamatonis, um, and certain parts of shechted animals, Um aben a pidin could be done anywhere. redeeming a firstborn donkey. a a field of heritage like we learned previously. Let's say it's sold by the base Mikdash at Yaival. It goes back to the Kayan. wasn't a deal of yerushalayim. It could be anywhere. Ustay haramim and a field. That was, that was, uh, cheirim. what does that mean? If a, if a Yisrael says, I'm putting a Khairim on my field, he's forbidding himself from benefiting from this field, but he's he using an expression of cheirim, the Kayane gets it. The Gezlager, stealing from a ger, is what's Gezlager? It's on the, on the list. It's on the list. Beautiful. Okay. Uh, 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 the Gezlager, the, uh, uh, the Kakari, Mias, matana, and we're calling. Stealing from a Kayin and the returning from, from a Ger and returning to a Kayin is called a gift. Shmamino, no makabli comes out. It's a gift. Shmamino, We have a clear cut proof. Beautiful, explicit proof, unquestionable, nothing to talk about. We now know when you give it to the Kayin, it's called the matnas kahuna beautiful, one last piece of Gemara, we're now at the two dots, we we'll got the two dots on the top of tomorrow's daf, here we go if you give if you gave the money to the men of the uh, of, uh, who are working in the base of that week, now what was the case, so our mission was referring to where the robber stole from a convert, convert dies, robber brings it to Jerusalem, goes to the base of gives the money to the kaihanim and drops dead before he could bring the sacrifice, what do we do with the money so we said the the in, the children of the robber cannot take the money back even though their old man didn't bring the ashrams here we go you learn from here that um, money is it gives you partial atonement for the fact that the Ghanam keep it even though no animal was brought. It means there was some level of atonement that was completed. Tiloi mechaber if it didn't bring any atonement at all, Hava Amina mehadal Yashim. I would say it goes back to the inheritors. I mean, what did it help the guy? My timer. Why did the robber give it to the Kahanim? Because he wanted atonement. That's the only reason why he gave it to them. And if we're letting them hold on to it, that means he accomplished something. Because if he didn't accomplish anything, he never would have allowed them. He, that, that wasn't his dash. You can't just take something from somebody and, and trick them into thinking that, that, that it was for a specific purpose, and it really wasn't. same thing, hold true by an animal that's a car, says Gemara, to challenge this idea. We're trying to say, if the robber gave the money to a Hachayim, it's got to be he got some level of atonement. Otherwise, there's no reason they, sh- they should keep it. No reason the Ghanim should keep it. So it's not true. And I'll prove it to you. Because if somebody has to bring a chata, a khatas offering, a sin offering, and he sets aside the animal, and he dies, the halacha is, this animal is still keeping the status, retaining the status of a sin offering. Why? Why don't we say the same logic? He only set it aside as a sin offering, assuming he's going to bring it as an offering. But now that he's dead, let it go back to its original status. But we don't say that. So you see that once somebody sets something up while he's alive, just because it's, there's no follow-through doesn't mean the status should change. Amri, they said, You're right. But it would go back to its original state. It would. But there's Allah telling us otherwise. Tradition tells us otherwise. That you just, it goes all the way till it's death. But that's unique to a chattus offering. Any other time, it does go back to a traditional status. It says, well, okay, you can ask me about a, a, a sin offering and tell me it's different. Different? Why? Why is it different? Tradition. Allah. Well, in Asham, also, you know, the rule is somebody sets aside a guilt offering and then he dies. That guilt offering, you let it graze till it gets a blemish and then you redeem it. Why? Let it go back. This wasn't his intention. Let it go back. Hashem, no, no. Same thing by Korban, Asham. Ko, O'Sheb, Misa, Ba, Rai. Yeah? No, it's also Allah, but only only by the sin offering and Asham offering does it not go back to the church. That is maybe over here when he gives the money to the Kayin, it would have gone back to a traditional status, but not for the fact that there's no partial atonement. There's a, a a man dies childless, his wife falls to the brothers. Let's say he has one brother who's a Muka shechin. The guy's got tremendous physical problems. The alakha is, we don't recommend yibum, but he's got to do a Chalitza says Gemara, she never would have agreed to go into a marriage with her original husband knowing that there's a chance he's going to fall to him Gemara says there, awesome, awesome there, Anan Sadi, we could say for sure that that no, she's fine marrying her husband even though he's got her brother who's a not people aren't thinking at the time they get married that you know, well, if my husband dies childless and you know, and his brother that nah, she she's fine getting married women refer to live with somebody who's not so hot and uh, you know uh not so exciting than to remain a, than to remain a spinster. two dots. bottom line is, we're at the two dots. we're it here for today. What are we leaving off with? The Gumara says, sticking with its proof says, so it's got to be. That when the robber brings it to the Kahanim, the fact that the Kahanim hold on to it, he's got some level of atonement there. Because if it wouldn't be atonement, it's going to go back. All right, what about all the other cases that don't go back? There's logic dictating to us that they it should stay. Either tradition or Tavla Mesa, Tavla Mesa But in this case, where the robber returned it, if you're going to tell me there's no atonement in him giving the money to the Kahanim, why would any father want the kahanim to have it instead of his children? Really? And for the fact that we allow the kahanim to hold on to it is of proof, and this is what we're sticking with. Even if he doesn't have his complete atonement because he didn't bring the yasham offering, something was something was accomplished. Okay, we're going to hold it here for this evening, and Besham, we will pick up from the two dots on Davkuf Yud Aleph and Bizeicha to finish the Hallelujah. Uh, ninth parak of the Bavakam. We'll be to finish tomorrow. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening, Chaver.